Hi, everybody. Hope you're doing well out there. This is another COVID Convos, and I am here on the line with my friend, Jade Lickle. Hi, Jade. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Uh, we're, we're, as you brought up off pod, we're glasses twins right now and that we are both wearing glasses. Um, <laughs> That's right. This is a big change for you in the COVID world. You're now wearing glasses. A dream of mine. Lifelong dream. Yeah. So uh, listeners don't probably don't know this. Maybe some do, but we used to work together at a uh, toy store locally and we worked together for years. And one of your, when I got glasses, one of your big... Um, <laughs> things was that you were very jealous that I all of a sudden had glasses when I didn't have glasses and you were talking about how your eyes were strained and you'd get headaches and I told you you might need glasses but then like you just never went to, you never went to the eye doctor or what what happened yeah I never went to the eye doctor well for one I didn't want to pay for that and two I um I kind of thought it was wishful thinking on my part. Like, I just have wanted to have glasses for so many years that I thought, maybe I'm wishing these eye strains into existence just so I can, you know, match my family that all have glasses and they look really cool. But, um, yeah, I never went. And then I got my license renewed and I figured that was going to be the way that I could do, like, you know, a twofer where I had to get my eye test and <laughs> also see if I needed glasses and get a license and they said your vision's fine you don't need glasses and I was like damn it so you know lost that opportunity but but now we're on screen so I, I got glasses yeah and also the uh, no offense to the the d- department of licensing but they are not optometrists also so like <laughs> I'm sure like I'm and I'm not I'm not trying to slight the department the department of licensing or whoever took your eye test but like my guess is the level of eye test that they gave you is sort of like uh like a field sobriety test like you know like without like taking your like blood alcohol level there's no like they're not going to be able to like get an accurate view but if you can like touch your nose then it's sort of like a okay they might not be drunk and the same i think it might be the same thing with your eyes where they were just like yeah they seem to see fine i don't whatever who am i who am i to diagnose that you need glasses are you saying I took the cheap way out of this? No, I'm. what I'm saying is that I think um, you maybe put too much stock in somebody who maybe didn't have all the information and, like, I, I, I don't know, like, when I, when I got my glasses, my optometrist was, like, very apologetic about the fact that I needed glasses. Like, I, I was kind of like you where I was, like, one, excited to get glasses because I thought glasses were cool. But also, like, I was having eye problems and, like, I couldn't see very well. And so the idea that, like, that was going to be fixed was, like, very exciting to me. But my optometrist was like, I I hope this doesn't bother you. You're going to need glasses. And so maybe it was just a thing where, like, the people at the DOL were like, gosh, do we give her the bad news that she needs glasses? (laughs) It's really not really our job. Like, I don't know. Do we want to say give her the glasses or do we say, eh? you're probably fine, you know, hit the road, kid. Well, not to, uh, you know, smack talk the people (laughs) at the DOL, but I don't feel like their primary trait is, like, (laughs) care and compassion for every person who comes up to them. So uh, that's very generous of you to think they were sparing my feelings, but I think they were... 
<laughs> just telling me, yeah, you passed. You saw the lights when they flashed. Right. It was just like sort of like, oh, we don't want to do like, like saying you might need glasses might require 10 seconds more work on my part. So I'm just going to <laughs> do the easy part and say you don't need glasses. Well, maybe when things open up again, I'll uh, visit the uh, optometrist, see if I can get some real glasses. Um, so are these, you're now reading, are those reading glasses? No, they're blue light glasses oh. for screens. Yeah. They are cool. Thank you. People can't see them, but you're wearing very cool glasses. You look very cool in them. And I look 27, right? Yeah, you look 27, the ideal age. The ideal age. I look 27 for everyone who's listening, and I'm actually 24, so that's pretty cool. Isn't that so cool, everybody? <laughs> um, as somebody who turned 36 this year, um, the idea that 27 is the ideal age is like very, that's hard to hear. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's the next ideal age, not the only ideal oh, okay. age. Okay, so there are, there are more ideal ages out there. It's just 27 is the first one. Yeah, like 27, 32, 36, 35, 36, 41. 41. Uh, yeah, they'll keep coming. Yeah. I think like when I was in my late 20s, I think 27 was a good age. I think like 28 is when I started freaking out about turning 30. And like 28 and 29 were both like freak out years of like, oh my gosh, I'm 30. And then when I turned 30, it was not that big of a deal. And I imagine it'll probably be the same thing when I start getting into my late later 30s that like, oh my gosh, I'm getting close to 40. And then by the time 40 comes, I won't be that freaked out about it. Yeah, you'll have some time to process and you'll be like, oh, this is what it is. And, That's fine. And I get to look forward to 41 now, apparently, which is one of the hashtag ideal ages, <laughs> which I hope I hope everybody's keeping track of the ideal ages and we can all celebrate together once we all hit those milestones. I can make a chart for you and you can post it somewhere. That'd be really great, Jade. I think uh, the cool. listeners will also appreciate having just the, the chart on hand. You don't want to have to keep going back to this podcast to yeah. figure out the ideal ages. That will be helpful. Um, so Jade, you are, you work in education. That's right. And uh, like, so obviously COVID has affected, <clears throat> excuse me, schools and education about as hard as anything else, but like what, how has it changed your job and what are you doing? I guess, what are you doing differently than you were doing pre COVID? Quite a lot. So, um, yeah, my job, I'm a classroom assistant. So I spend a lot of time with little preschool children and, or I spent a lot of time with preschool children. Now I'm just spending it virtually. Um, I, I'm physically much healthier than I was because, shocker, um, social distancing is good for preschool germs. <laughs> so uh, as much as I miss their little faces and voices, I am sick, like, way less often. I'm not sick at all, and I used to be sick constantly. One of the, you know, side effects of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, the job with little kids who are, like, yeah, picking their nose. Touching you. And, yeah, touching <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. They just want to be so close to you and you have to make little boundaries about like, hey, you're really close to my face. Let's scoot back a little bit. Um, But so that's like one of the positives. And I've really had to try hard to find those because I miss the kids so much. Um, 
when I found out that schools were closed for the rest of the year, I did cry and was pretty heartbroken because I'm not going to see them again. Realistically, they're, that was it. And we didn't know it was the end. So not really great for closure, right. but you know, doing what we need to do to keep everybody healthy and safe. Um, we've gotten this online platform up and running which is called Seesaw, and it's basically like Facebook for children. It's safe and secure, and um, I love it because I get to see their little videos and messages to us, and one kid recently held flowers up for teacher appreciation and said, I promise I will give these to you all. That's so sweet. Which it was so cute, and it's like, well, you won't, but we love this video. Um, since, it's, since it's Facebook for kids or any of them sharing like problematic memes or like, <laughs> like you know, vaguely racist aunt, like sharing like a thing where you're just like, is that, is that racist? Like the, are the kids doing that too? Is there that version of that? Oh gosh. So luckily we get to approve or disapprove of posts before <laughs> they are shared. Um, no, at four and, and three and five, they don't usually have those things to say on purpose maybe by accident yeah but um it is funny we've heard very organic conversations through their little audio recordings where like one kid will be fighting with their sibling and then be like oh yeah also i'm telling you this and it's it's really funny we get to have a glimpse into their lives at home Uh that we didn't get to have before (laughs) um so yeah it's extremely different one of the things i've actually really loved about this is Um, I've been sending letters in the mail a lot and for people who know me, it won't be surprising because I love crafting. And so I get to use like lots of decorative tape and stickers and markers and that part is fun. Um, so it's like a little way to connect that I didn't get to do before. Yeah. So that's different, but like a good different. I I saw you post about that, like. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it answers all questions. Okay. Um, I the I saw uh, on your fa- on your Facebook, not your seesaw, um, like twenty minutes before we started, that you posted something about how you were. Are you sending letters to kids too? Yeah, I send each of them. So I send twenty letters a week to like one per kid. You're, and this so you are keeping the post office afloat while uh, President Trump <laughs> wants to defund it. That's correct. Yeah, we got a few stamps from our school, which was great, but not, you know, not enough to do this as a weekly thing. Not for 20 a week. So I've been, yeah, I've been supplying uh, the post office with plenty of business. Um, But yeah, I do 20 letters a week, so each kid gets a letter. um, And sometimes I'll do like a really detailed letter with pictures and things and this week, I decided to try something new and made puzzles for each of them. So I asked them to put their puzzles together and then take a picture and post it so they can show their friends what they made. That's nice. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I hope they like it. I think they will. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I when you're a kid, I mean, like, still as an adult, it's it's exciting to get, like, real mail. Like, you know, uh, for a while we were getting, like, other people's junk mail. Like, I think people who, like used our address to like get a, an offer and so they like we all of a sudden were bombarded with like this dude's junk mail and that was very annoying for a while but like when like we got a letter from you this week that was very nice and uh, oh good you got it yeah 
Um, sorry that I didn't text you or anything. I was waiting. That's to okay. tell you. I was waiting to surprise you on air about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like whenever we get like real mail, it's always like a nice thrill to like get something. And I think like as a kid, you're just sort of like always surprised that like somebody's thinking about you and like that, like, you know, I, there's sort of that, like, I don't want to say innocence with children, but like, it's just sort of like, you, you don't think that adults are even like considering you during the day. So I'm sure it's just nice to get like an acknowledgement that like your, your teacher who, you know, you're used to seeing every day is like thinking about you and trying to keep in contact with you in, in some way. Yeah, that's really what I'm going for is like, I mean, there's not a lot of academic stuff we can do right now, but I mean, keeping these relationships is important to me and I think important to them, especially since it was such a hard and, um, hard and fast break. So this is my way of like, hey, we still love you. We still care about you and we still hope you're doing okay. My grandmother used to send me letters in the mail, my grandmother who lives in Florida, and I remember being so excited every time I got a letter from her. And it didn't have to say much, just like, hey, love you, thinking about you, here's Uh a cute piece of paper. And I'd be like, somebody wrote me a card, I love it. Um, I guess I didn't even think about that, I haven't thought about that really once, and I'm, I'm curious, like, I know how quickly it happened for everybody but like what was it like in the classroom like when all this was happening so tense andrew i i mean so we have we have multi multiple dimensions of why this was difficult in our classroom for one um there was a lot of racism that was spreading around about you know like who to be in contact with and who to not be in contact with and we have a teacher who's chinese in my classroom and we had people saying like, don't go near her because she's Chinese. And it was really like sick. And we had to, you know, make a preschool friendly, but very serious message about that's not okay. That's not why this virus is spreading. It has nothing to do with who you are. It's, you know, it's a virus and viruses don't discriminate. So that was one difficult part in the classroom um, and really hurtful to our teacher. And then um, on top of that, I think just like kids were afraid and, and, um, and I think they were feeding off of, you know, adults that felt afraid around them. And so they were being so cautious. I mean, they were washing their hands better than anybody's ever washed their hands and it was great. But at the same time it was like, Oh, this is hard on a a preschoolers mentality. Um, and then for the kids that were not being as conscientious, it was just, we were constantly, you know, playing like clean up (laughs) clean up cop after them everywhere they'd go we were like okay we need to spray that area because they were picking their nose and then putting it in the water table and Uh whatever else so it was really hard and i i kind of saw this coming because i mean older kids might be able to social distance to an extent but little kids they're just not gonna do they don't understand right it's not like little kids will just like run up and hug each other like not that like adults also don't like run up and hug each other but like you know it's usually like oh it's so nice to see you and like you have that like instinct of like you're seeing somebody again you know for the first time in like a week or a month or a year or whatever and so like you have that like i you know i just want to reach out and hug like kids just seem to like run up and hug each other like maybe 12 times a day for like no reason whatsoever other than like 
we're both running and like it's you know you just they just want to like touch each other and like as an adult you have that like cognitive like thing where you say like i i really shouldn't touch this person you know, like even though i want to hug this person and i want to show them my affection like it's really dangerous to do that so i'm not going to do it and like for kids like i would i would imagine they don't really understand the gravity of the situation so like when you say you know don't touch this other kid don't hug this kid don't touch their face it's just sort of like, well, why? You know, and like, you know, kids love right. the kids love the question why. And so like <laughs> having to explain to like twenty kids every day, you know, like this is this is happening and you know, like I mean, how many of us as adults truly grasp like what this is going to be like in like early March, you know, like so to like have to explain then to yeah. a to a bunch of kids the same thing when like we as adults weren't probably weren't even like I know, like, I know some epidemiologists who are, like, very much, like, you know, this is going to happen and people need to take this seriously, but I know for me and a lot of people, it's just sort of like a, eh, you know, like, it can't, I don't think it'll be that serious, but, you know, then having to explain that to children who really have no concept of, like, what, you know, what a pandemic is and, like, especially what it means that it's a global pandemic and all this, you know stuff I imagine that was probably pretty tricky or difficult to do yeah yeah it was uh it was unmanageable (laughs) so um that's why schools closed because that just couldn't happen so yeah it was quite a surprise we got the announcement over the intercom during a snack and all the kids went like their eyes just widened and they were like what no school for two weeks that's crazy Uh and it was only two weeks so right you know, I can't imagine when their parents told them, you're not going back to school for the rest of the year. I'm sure, like, a couple of them did a little celebration dance, thinking, like, no work. Yeah, this is right. going to be great. And then they felt like, oh, I'm at home every day. I can't leave. This I can't stuff. see my friends who I saw every day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is, I, yeah, I, I I didn't even think about, like, what, what the, like, like, you said, like, that's interesting that you told me, like, it happened during, like, a snack break. I would figure, like, it would be the sort of thing that they would like call the teachers in after school or before school and like have a meeting about it, not just like, you know, bell rings and all of a sudden there's an announcement that like this is happening. It just, I mean, it all happens so fast for everybody except apparently for epidemiologists who were like trying to get us ready for this and we ignore them. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, I think for like almost every job, it just happens so quickly. And like for schools to have like, it just be an announcement, you know, in much like, for lunch today, it'll be pizza in the cafeteria, you know? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, by the way, everybody's going home for two weeks. Uh, bye. Is That's that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, It's it was very sudden. Um, so, Jade, you're also pretty involved in your church community. What? How has this changed that dynamic? And, like, obviously, we're not, you know, we're not in a... Uh, we're not in Georgia or Florida who are, you know, now allowing people to go into churches, but um, how has that changed the dynamic in terms of how you're connected with your church and how you're staying connected with people through that? Yeah. um, So we've been staying connected in much similar ways to how people are connecting at work. So we'll use zoom platforms to talk about, um, you know, things we would have talked about during church. So, my dad is the pastor of our church, as you know, and he has been doing some short YouTube videos 
um, with like a very brief message. So it's not like a full sermon because I just, he's not used to doing YouTube as a platform for that. Um, so he'll do a short YouTube clip. Um, a lot of the congregation or all of us will watch it on our own time during the week. And then, uh, we'll have a service on zoom, Mm -hmm. uh, on Sunday mornings at the same time we would have met in our church. Um, and it's interesting. It's been an adjustment. You know, Zoom is not like a platform everyone is comfortable using. You feel super weird if you're on it for the first time, especially I feel like for older people who are not used to using screen conversation platforms yeah. for anything. And so there's lots of hiccups, people not muting themselves. And then you hear a lot of background noise or you hear kids fighting. Um, so kind of like with hearing my students at home it's been funny to see like little glimpses of people's family lives <laughs> at, at church but at home uh-huh. um and people are showing up like in pajamas it's very it's sweet it's nice that we're still meeting together I will say I miss the music a lot I sang every Sunday and I'm not doing that over zoom we are just not we're not attempting that's weird there's lag time no thanks right so That's been a change. Um, And then because that's not really an easy platform to have like 40 plus people talk to each other. um, We're also doing weekly happy hours on Wednesdays. So uh, it's kind of a chance for families and friends to talk to each other um, in a less formal way. um, Like they would before or after church. So we're still, we're still like, congregating socially away from each other um and that's been really good I feel like the first couple weeks of this when we didn't have a plan and we didn't know what we were doing I felt really lost because all of my life I've been going to church on Sunday and I mean you know this about me I'm a super routine oriented person Mm -hmm. I have like a lot of need for control in everything that I do and so not having like having everything about my life change in a day was very difficult for me to adjust to. Um, not having church, not having school. Um, Alex, my husband and I both working in the same room constantly. It's very, it was very like, it was an adjustment period. I'll say. Yeah. So that's how church has been going. And I've appreciated it a lot because it's a chance to see people that I was used to seeing every week and so i missed them for like the first month when we didn't have it that's cool um before we go i've been trying to tag these at the end with people giving a recommendation on something that they are doing to help pass the time and something that has helped them get through this quarantine is there anything in particular that you have been doing that you think other people should do or just something you have found helpful maybe not everybody's going to do, but you know, just something you found helpful that you want to pass along to to others who are listening. Yeah. Um, three main things come to mind. One, I would say watching news bloopers. I think they're the funniest videos in the world. (laughs) And so, um, at night before I go to bed, uh, Alex and I have been watching news bloopers and they're just hilarious. None in particular, just any on YouTube. Oh my gosh. They're so funny to watch. Um, I would say number two, going for walks. If you live in a really crowded area, I think it's important to wear a mask. But 
I just, I feel like it's so crucial to get outside. It's changed my whole state of mind to not be in this room for a little bit. (laughs) So I would urge people to do that. Um, And then letter writing. I think it's really fun to receive mail, but it's also super fun to write a thoughtful note to somebody that you care about. And it's a it's a thumb in the face to President Cheeto the Cheese Man, and that's right. And we can keep the post office afloat by all writing each other letters. You know my real goal that that was it all along. To to thumb in the face to Cheeto, President President Cheeto the Cheese Man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah I think receiving letters is great, and I think that's a very cute, noble thing to do. Well, thanks. Yeah, Jade, you're noble, and I think you're going to save the entire world. Oh my gosh, that's very high praise. Thank you, Andrew. That's my prediction for the quarantine. When we come out of this, it'll be because because Jade saved the world. Oh my. Oh my. Too too much. <laughs> well, Jade, thank you so much for spending some time with me and for sharing your ideas and keep uh, keep writing those letters. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>